Well, hello there, everyone, and welcome to Let Us Watch Titan AE. All right. I mentioned this in the uh, the King's Daughter commentary. So we're going to watch Titan AE now. Woo, this is not the same day, though. I was all like, yeah, can we watch Titan AE after the King's Daughter? Yeah, this is a couple days later, but whatever. We get to watch some Titan AE, yo. So we're going to start with some exposition. I watched this movie, uh, I think when it first came out in 2000, so I was like 8 or 9 when it came out, and uh, yeah, this movie was awesome. A lot of people didn't agree with me. <laughs> uh, this, this film is famous, sort of, I guess, for being the final nail in the coffin uh, commercially when it came to the animation division at Fox. So, uh, the Fox Animation Studios, like, they, sh 20th Century Fox shut that down after this. Um, I'm also noticing, for the first time ever, see, like, it's not the Milky Way, but see that cosmic dust? It looks like a dredge ship. Is that intentional? I just literally, that is the first time I've ever noticed that before. I don't know if that's an actual thing or if I'm just seeing things. Humans are pattern-seeking animals, after all. And I am a human animal we also talked about that in the last one okay so already we're seeing one of the hallmarks i use that term lightly um because <laughs> this film was a critical failure commercial failure and all of that uh but this film david kirshner it's not a name i know is that from something else uh let me find out David, yeah, uh, Joss Whedon was also involved in the screenplay. Yeah, David Kirshner is like an American tale. Doesn't he have like a brother at Disney? I thought there was a Kirshner or somewhere. I don't know. Um, Pierce, Colorado. Uh, so yeah, this film's hallmark, or one of its defining features, is its blending of 2D animation and 3D animation. And uh, sometimes it works better than other times, but we will see. We've got 2D characters on 3D animations. For the most part, it works fine, in my opinion. There is one scene, though, that it's like, oh. I'm older than four. It is important to note that Tech, the guy driving... Or the guy in the passenger seat. He's here, so the humans already have knowledge of aliens. We're already chilling with aliens. Aliens already speak English. I don't know, I always thought that, like, the dredge, this was like a surprise attack. But apparently, humanity would have known about the dredge. Wow! Some of the ship designs are a little bit uncreative in this uh, movie. I will say that. Shut up, Alex D. Linz. Alex D. Linz was in Home Alone 3, which was another staple film of my childhood. <laughs> Even though that's a film that if I went back and watched it now, I'd be like, oh, this is crap. Titan A.E. is still a good movie. Also, they predicted the future. That ring is, like, biologically coded to Kale's DNA, I believe they explained that. So they actually predicted the future with it. 
Oh, he called him Corso. Gee, I wonder if that'll be important later. Is Matthew McConaughey in there? Yeah, Dredge Stingers. So they do know the Dredge exists. I don't know why I always thought this was like a surprise attack. Yo. Yeah, some of the... See, the 3D animation's fine for an animated film. But like when it's blended into 2D, it's a lot more noticeable. I wonder, they never explained why the Titan Project was a thing. Like, I wonder if, uh, I was gonna watch WALL-E, and in WALL-E, uh, humanity had to leave Earth because it was overly saturated with garbage. I wonder if the similar thing was happening to this Earth. Because this is a surprise dredge attack. It's not like they were expecting, oh, the dredge will attack us at some point. Let's build the Titan. But I'm curious, they don't get that deep into the world building. Ooh, that might be, like, fan fiction worthy, perhaps. The Earth! Oh, also the music is really good, by the way. Maybe global warming... They were like, oh, we're going to need a new Earth. Sit in a hyper... That wasn't really hyperspace. Oh, look, it's a 3D planet. Don't put it in the microwave! Destroy all humans. Oh, but all of those ships over there, you can just let them go. To the moon! Oh, well, there goes Crypto. It goes cryptocurrency. Remember when Dogecoin was a thing for like a week? I invested like $20 for fun. My co-worker and I had a blast. Whoa! Titan AE. The AE stands for After Earth, by the way. How about that? In college, I wrote a screenplay that was science fiction, and I drew heavy inspiration from this film. Because it's great. It's great, damn it. It deserved more than 30-something million dollars. Okay, here's another hallmark of this film. It's basically a rock opera, and it's awesome. If you love late 90s alternative rock music, boy, is this the movie for you. <laughs> I love it. I won't... Uh, against my better judgment, I will... Or in keeping with my better judgment, I won't sing, because I sing awful... But, uh, this is Electracy. Electracy? I don't even know. Any, you don't recognize any of the music. Well, you recognize Lit. Lit. There's a Lit song in here that's pretty sh awesome, but... Haha. <laughs> See, it's legitimately funny. I love this movie. I don't even care that it crapped out at the box office and for all of the the world building is done in a way like everything is constructed in a way that it's not it's not like too foreign to the point where you're confused 
like he had that little blade weapon or the blade tool you didn't need it explained because it makes enough sense just upon seeing it like what it does and you know nothing is ever like out of this world to the point where you're like what is what's going on everything makes sense in a sci-fi tonal film Also, this 3D animation's not nearly as uh, high-tech, I guess, as, like, the ships were earlier. Those were, like, scale models. This is, like, actual 3D animation, which seems to fit a lot more with the 2D animation. That's what it is. That wasn't 3D animation. Those were, like, actual, like, props. Uh, all of these... Humanoid white people getting the short end of the stick. Ah. Humans are a minority class in space. This is also strange. I don't know why he would... Oh, well, I guess he's curious because he's like, who the fuck would dock here? Oh, and it's a pretty woman. I also, for years, ever since I was a kid, I would whistle that tune, like, at random times, because I like to whistle. And, like, for the longest time, I had forgotten where I'd gotten it from, and then I watched this again, like, a year ago, and I was like, what? That's the thing I whistle. Also, Akima is voiced by Drew Barrymore, so yes, that is another Hollywood whitewashing, because the character is Japanese. <laughs> I honestly, I thought it was, uh... Uh, not Sarah, not, it was, uh, Scarlett Johansson. I was like, well, well, this is awkward. <laughs> Move along! I think the character's name is the, the Chef. He's hilarious. That's Matt Damon, by the way. I like how Tech has just that one beard thing. And I will say, the screenplay is tight. It's legit. It's funny. The dialogue, like, they, they spare no expense when it comes to economizing the script. <laughs> You've got to get out of this dump. <laughs> See, like, they didn't have to explain what that thing was. You just automatically know, oh, well, that's a gravity thing. <laughs> and also, for a futuristic device, it also, percussive maintenance still works. Nice. Ah, grub! Yummy. I would say that's a cockfight, but I don't know what those things are. They look like dogs. One of the things that irks me is that all of the alien species are indelibly like humanoid, which would make zero sense. Because <laughs> alien species would... Like, he's okay. 
Well, no, even he, he has teeth and a mouth. Every, all of the alien species are inexorably human looking. And it makes no sense. But that's just my taxonomic brain. <laughs> well, I'll have to work on that. <laughs> See, like the jokes, the sarcasm, it's great. Yo! Who's this face? Yeah, we do. No, they don't. <laughs> Do it. Honestly, this space station is shit, so, like, all you had to do was say, you can get out of this hellhole. I'd be very intrigued to know which alien species is going to put humans on display. This movie's great. I, I don't know why I'm sitting here, like, framing this as, like, oh, I need to defend this movie. I guess I do, because it crashed at the box office. And not enough people talk about it. It's wonderful. I mean, I guess it's slightly okay, because we never get to hear what Akima's last name is. But she also has the Asian slanted eyes. So, I mean, <laughs> they're just going uh, two for two on uh, whitewashing here. It's been 15 years. And yet he's still wearing that ring. It's right in front of your face! <laughs> it's like a little computer. It's a smart ring. We haven't quite gotten there yet, but they're coming. See, I told you. Biometric scans. They're, they predicted the future. How about that? They did not predict that there are more hospitable planets in the galaxy probably than we know about, or that we knew or could have predicted in 2000. 
I would assume if humanity faced a similar crisis now, we would just go and find... Well, theoretically, we can't go and populate another planet. We'd, we're not technologically there yet. But I would assume we have enough knowledge that if we had to do that, if we had the technology available, we would just go find another planet that we know is hospitable. We wouldn't make our own planet. <laughs> For one, that's impossible. <laughs> but... I guess it's not impossible. It's incredibly, un astronomically, literally, unlikely. Look at him smirk when he did that. He was like, yeah, gonna have fun. I'll read about you. Also, Tech wasn't, like, bracing himself against the bottom of the table. He was just sitting there on the ground with no gravity. <laughs> and you can get all the ketchup you want! <laughs> And you can have all the ketchup you want. Also, the dredge designs are pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not supposed to be here! I was going to say Corso could have taken a second to close the lid, but they made, I guess, the intentional point of making it super bulky so that I'm assuming it's too heavy. See, that's another space... All of the spacecraft are, like, very ho-hum. Oh, look, it's flammable. Yo! You just gave beings made out of energy more energy. It won't start. Yeah, more rock and roll! Whee! I would tell you which song this is, but I'm looking at the track list and I honestly cannot remember which one this Oh, the end is over. That's what it is. Power Man 5000. Yeah, good luck figuring out their other uh, one-hit wonders. Whee! Let's go. Boom! Shabams! Blammo! Shabams! <laughs> I'm feeling that! Okay, coming up is one of those scenes where I was like, the 3D... 
or not so much the 3D animation, the models and the 2D don't really fit together. See, like, we're all in this 2D headspace, and then all of a sudden we see a 3D model. Or a scale, like, a real-life model, and it's it's jarring. That's the one scene where it's, like, particularly jarring. But we'll see more of that later. Oh, check this out. Yeah, fun fact, uh, humans can survive in the vacuum of space. Uh, it's the coldness, oddly enough, that'll probably kill you first. <laughs> but yeah, they have had astronauts get into, like, vacuum chambers, and they've completely depressurized that, and they have survived. Like, they had, like, cuts in the suit, and they weren't actually, like, full-on spacesuits, and they survived. I don't know if the whole exhale thing had anything to do with it, but if you're in the vastness of space, the cold is going to be what will kill you. <laughs> I don't know if it's absolute zero, but it's pretty close. It's very cold in space. Also, no one out there can hear you scream, I hear. This is Luscious Jackson, once again. <laughs> All of these names. Jamiroquai, you know them. Him. What's he smiling? You're blacking my light! Why am I naked? Ugh. Gross. <laughs> I swear, some of the dialogue is great. Or, most of the dialogue is great. Where does the probe go? She has a lot of faith in whatever technology was keeping him aloft, because she was, like, putting most of her body pressure on him. That was, okay, Drew Barrymore was kind of phoning it in, that first line. <laughs> this is really it. And then also, oh, sarcastic. Ah! It's funny. I didn't notice the sexual innuendo context when I was a child. That's John Leguizamo as Goon. Or not Goon. Uh, this is Pre. That's Nathan Lane. I was about to say, that doesn't sound anything like John Leguizamo. The boy learns. It sounded like a Wind Waker sound effect. Stith! Stith is a boss. I love Stith.
She's like a she's like a bird kangaroo. I love her. <laughs> I am educated and well-read. I am not a mechanic. How does she end up as a weapon specialist? Okay, yes, this is definitely John Leguizamo. What is it? Apparently his species does dream. I say technology is as wacky as always. It's a good thing he's technical, otherwise that wouldn't have made sense. That was odd. Bad touch. Consent still is not a thing in the future. Wow. <laughs> Look, everyone's pawing at Chaos. He's being spun around on a table naked. Being manhandled by Goon. <laughs> Here we go. Watch this. <laughs> Bad touch. Bad lick. <laughs> Goon's about to get me too. Oh my god. Good lord. Okay, now, I'm, I'm making connections, because I haven't seen this in a long time. I'm making connections that uh, the filmmakers probably didn't intend. <laughs> I will get to them when we get to that. I guess they could have killed all the humans, but we had already had drifter colonies by then, I suppose. That's the implication, anyway. Because Kale and Akimo are roughly the same age, and she grew up in a drifter colony, not Earth. So they were there when Kale was a kid. Look, now we know what the Titan does. Dude, that line is so, like... Oh! 
it's so harsh, but like it really gets to how much resentment Kale has for his dad. Damn. Okay, so we we they really have no reason to be here. We will find out because the only reason they're here is to upgrade the coordinates on Kale's little ring thing, right? So basically, his dad he used the gall as like a stopping post to like hide the actual coordinates for the the Titan. So basically, he was comfortable selling out this race of birdmen <laughs> to save the Titan. He was willing. He was willing to risk the potential of galactic genocide. Against the Gaul to save the spaceship. That's basically what I'm inferring now for the first time ever. That's wild. That is some wild stuff, Sam Tucker. <laughs> oh, wait. Is that Earth's moon? Because it's... Cra no, that's another... There's another planetoid back there. Because I, I, all of a sudden, I realized it was cracked. And I'm like, would that happen when Earth was destroyed? But there's another planetoid. Maybe Sam Tucker was just friends with the girl. They are the Gowl. See, it feels like we're appropriately in the second act now. You know what I'm saying? When we watched The King's Daughter, I didn't know where the crap we were in each act. Whee! Uh-oh, there's something on the radar. Or whatever that is. I'm assuming they no longer use radar. Okay, you know what? The Gal know what to look for. I need to know! They never explain how the Gal are related to humanity. But look, he's looking- he recognizes the thing. He knows Sam Tucker. Did they just like humanity, or what? Did we give them a free turkey for Christmas? What what gave? Did one of them see Pamela Anderson on TV, so they wanted to come to America? <laughs> and pull a Borat? I, need, I really would like to know. Does this does this planetoid move? Does it revolve around anything? Cuz that's oddly specific. Like everything has to align perfectly for that. I would like I need some things to know. But you know what? If we're putting ourselves in the, the shoe... See, here's the leaps in logic I will make if I like a movie. 
I guess if you're racing against time to save Earth or save humanity, I guess you're not thinking about these things either. Clever girl. Whee! Yeah, I'm fairly certain she would have some kind of bodily damage after that. <laughs> I'm not sure necessarily brain damage, but she could have gotten Gwen Stacy'd. They need his biometrics. How did the Dredge know about it? How did they know that they need him alive? I am very much confused. Which is odd, because I do love this movie, and I always have, but now that I'm watching it with, like, adult critique eyes, all of a sudden it's like, hang on. Don Bluth, you need to have some explaining to do. Oh, look, this is tactical. Whee! Oh, we're gonna get you one way or another. More than anything, I want to know why the gal are willing to risk their lives to save humanity. Maybe we converted him to our religions first. I don't know. It's like a Sly Cooper turret. Ah! Goofballs. Woo! All the women in this movie are pretty damn badass. Okay, be more specific, Corso. We're in the hydrogen trees. Okay, well, the whole planet is hydrogen trees. Did that help anything with their aim? The fact that they're ahead of them and going forward instead of behind? Look, show, don't tell. Reverse!
No, don't turn around. Reverse. Boy, it's a good thing that uh, Preet is a terrible shot. <laughs> Otherwise, movie over. Boy, it's a good thing he took a chemo with him. Look, we're getting another one of these, like, character scenes. It's awesome. This movie's great. Because she doesn't have uh, emotional baggage of her father on Earth. I guess you could just find another planet, but okay. We could be like the Drell, chilling with the Hanar. I mean, you don't have to be, there's always procreation. I mean. I'm looking at the voice cast. The final credit on Wikipedia is Roger L. Jackson as the first alien. <laughs> that's that's specific. Ooh, that's a model it looks like. Kind of jarring. I appreciate the time and effort it took to do any of this, but it is rather jarring in a 2D slash 3D animated film. I think Roger Ebert had a lot of praise for it, so... Not that that means anything. <laughs> I'm not quoting an authority figure. As absolute gospel. See, the dredge technology is pretty cool, and that also looked like a circuit board. Tracking them down. Well, shit, that was a lot more specific than the freaking Gal were. I guess you can understand Dredge, too.
Why wouldn't you just kill her? If it's a war crime, I think you're beyond that already. <laughs> Why would you waste the resources? I mean, I understand why they're keeping Kale alive, because they might need further coordinates. But why not just kill her? There's a mouse. <laughs> well, apparently uh, our humanity's reputation precedes them. I stand by it. If I was, if I ended up living in like an alien species or an alien universe, I would totally not live with myself only to female humans. It's tradition. Hell yeah! Well-read kangaroo battle women. I'm educated and well-read and also a boss. I think I know how she got the position as their weapons expert. She didn't even flinch. She had a gun and everything. I mean, he knows their language. He should know a little bit about their technology, right? The scene would have been a bit more believable if, uh, like, he had actually seen, like, through the window, because we already know that it's transparent. If he had seen a dredge, like, do this. Unless he was just, like, as a kid, he was really fun. He was having a lot of fun with those electric globes. Oh, look, they're predicting the rise of Skywalker. Or the Force Awakens. We are men. Real energy men.
It's a good thing they gave her a blood object or a bludgeon, because they had... I, I'm assuming they gave her that, because that would have been a very awkward or, like, an odd scene out in and out of context. I mean, they seem to be aware that his face his face kind of looks like a vagina. That's kind of weird for a kid's movie. Uh, they do seem to be aware that they are going to where the Titan is. So, apparently, why are they keeping Kale alive if they're needing more coordinates, but also they're expecting to destroy the Titan here? I do have questions. Also, why create a spaceship, if you're pure energy, why create a spaceship like this? Why do you need hallways when you could just enter into the ship and come out somewhere else? I have questions. Unless they were like a former, like, bionic species, biotic species... And they're just reusing a ship that they used to have. Dude, there's a lot of uh, fanfic potential in this movie. I'm coming to find out. Which is a bit odd. That's also odd. You would you would think one, he's traveling alone, that's odd, dredge behavior. Two, he's sending out like random ass signals to you. How is that not immediately a red flag even before realizing it's kale? I have questions. Also, I know that she knows that he's humanity's last hope, so I think she's more happy about him being alive for that reason. But that's a fast relationship. I'm sorry. Excuse me. He's like Steve Jobs with this distortion reality. They won't find it. I know. Oh, that was forward. We should celebrate our luckiness by getting down. That's why Corso stepped in. Is it? It looked different. The thing was pointing to the right, but now it's pointing up.
Ooh, pretty. Hold on, are we getting another character scene? Okay, here we go. Look, they're doing like a father-son bonding experience. It's amazing. It's my turn to fly. I'm sorry, I couldn't help myself. This song does slap, as they say. Although, once again, the urge, I dare you to find another song of theirs. <laughs> Apparently they do play some ska, so that's weird. And they're still around? I wonder how many of their shows people ask for this song. Well, they'll try to trick the wake angels. <laughs> okay, Corso, he's just having a ball. DNA strand? this movie <laughs> I love it so much look they're like actual characters and they've got like stuff going on it's great Kale's finally opening up to Corso this is like the the matrix is it not yeah I don't think they had seen The Matrix, because that was released a year before this was. And I'm assuming they're already working on it, right? But that's a pajamas, my man! New Bangkok. 
I'm, I'm fairly certain that Akima's last name is Japanese, but I guess it could be Thai. <coughs> Assuming she's from New Bangkok and she's not just in a random drifter call. Good God. Good God. Oh, they're playing Texas. I knew the song was on the soundtrack, but I had no idea where in the movie it was. Frozen burritos! It's not junk. Oh, that baseball light rolled on top of a raised abacus surface. Hell yeah! You ever had this frozen burrito? We ate a lot of those frozen burritos as kids. So that was like a prescient line. Uh oh! Yo. Corso, you had one job, my man. Close the damn door. Even the twist is awesome. They just had their father-son bonding moment. Good shot right here. Yo! As they say, the die has been cast. The gauntlet's thrown. Shit's going down! You got a problem with that tin man? 
Because they were busy questioning his authority. <laughs> Duh. They were putting in a vote of no confidence. I really hope these aren't all white actors doing voices. <laughs> Drew Barrymore would fit right in. It's just a gunshot. Tis but a flesh wound. Oh, damn. Hey, that guy needs to be on a league. That is a good shot. He's like Cody Parkey. Don't we see a picture of his dad and it's like an actual photorealistic photo? Okay, no. But it looks a lot more realistic than, like, anything else. You would think with all the technology they have, they'd be doing, like, artificial turf and stuff. Ah! Oh, it's the Dune soundtrack. They predicted the Dune. Hans Zimmer. Oh, really? Okay. So, I want to bring this up during the lit song that's about to come on. In, okay, I kind of want to jam. How in the hell? They have... How long does it take to construct a ship? They're doing it by hand from the looks of it, right? How inept are the Dredge and Corso that not only do they finish the ship in time, but they also catch up to them? <laughs> what are they doing? Unless the ship is just really, really tiny and they can move super fast through space. My sandwich. Oh, she said ow because he bit her finger. Phoenix! Look, they even took the time to give it a paint job. They're not content with saving humanity. They want to do. They want to look good while doing it. 
and it only took five hours. We know the dreadship is really slow, but like the Valkyrie is a legit cruiser. Okay, you know what? That's got some serious thrust, so maybe that's all they need. Yeah, boy! The thing's got some serious firepower. Kaboom! Maybe they could have caught up. They're not moving all that fast. Also, I can't remember which ancient philosopher it was, and if you could hear my keyboard, I was looking on Google trying to figure out which one it was. But I think it was Aristotle talking about the world beginning in ice, so this is very much a reference to that. Fun fact. Okay, so they are moving super fast in that thing. Why not just tell him? <laughs> Why do that? <laughs> Why would you go from 1 to 2 to 10? Just go 1 to 2 to 3. He was receptive to your first order. Oh, oh yeah. This scene is really cool. With all the reflections and the ice, they really use the environment, like, in filmmaking. It's fantastic. Yeah, this is where the, the models look a lot. It's very jarring. I mean, they look pretty, but in a backdrop of a 2D film, it's very odd. Oh, well, Goon wasn't hurt that bad. Whoa! It's like Dark Souls. Except everything's moving. Maybe Miyazaki was a fan of Titan E. See, that's how you reverse. You... Okay, Corsa really needs to learn how to reverse. I mean, I know you can't with that thing, but damn. Also, there's no music playing. It's just nothing but a cacophony of... <laughs> or crashes. 
There he is. This is really, this is really cool. With all the flying debris? Heat signature. It's a good thing that dorsal fin on top got destroyed, destroyed, torn off, destroyed. There he is. But they're looking at your heat signatures, or at least Goon is. Okay, you do realize space is not linear. <laughs> Ooh. That's a really neat shot. Whee! Go! Hopefully that was just Preed's bad aim before and Corso's a much better shot and it's just not the ship. I was gonna thank you. I was gonna say that ship would be a lot more spry than the Valkyrie would be, right? Maybe not in space, because space is frictionless. Whoa! Can you make it? Use the boost to get through! We made it. Ooh, I want. Can you guess what a Titan is? Where could it be? <laughs> Three guesses. Even though Corso had like a weak head start, <laughs> at the least. It's your daddy's ship.
Get it? Because he, when he was a kid. Remember? Oh, that was just like a Star Trek episode. Why is Kale holding his side? Something that's it'll save mankind. <gasps> Start with that one. Can you imagine the amount of difficulty it would take to recreate all animal life and like and ensuring that their biomes like are perfect? Like you, you'd have to know how many numbers to put in any one spot that they're not going to eat out all of the other species, you know? Okay, this scene's kind of silly because we already know that that's from his childhood. We didn't need that. Thank you. Oh, the audience is dumb. Phallic. Phallic AF. I hope you're not watching this while watching the movie, because you'd be very confused with me talking about Kale's dad in one scene, and then a second later talking about how phallic something is. Why? I mean, I can see why he doesn't trust Goon. Why would you say goodbye if you knew it was going to take like five seconds for it to go off? <laughs> but yeah, that was not Corso's doing. Corso had no idea that was going to happen. You'll see why we know that in a second. Boy, this would have been awkward if Kale had kids and their, his child came on this journey. I doubt that, but this is fantasy.
Standoff time. I don't think he's wrong. Not one, but two double crosses this film. I wonder if that's why he has a plate on his head. And missing an ear. This off-screen dredge encounter. Dude, there's so much fanfiction you could do for this. So many questions. Well, that turned sideways real quick. That's the second time this film that people have really, like, not cared about how fast these guns can shoot. Damn, he did. Don't trust aliens. What are the odds the gun would land at the same exact spot twice? Yeah! <clears throat> well, don't punch him there. Oh, shit. That wouldn't play me. You'd think he would have noticed the rope there. Well, I guess it could have just been his body hitting it. Uh-oh. If it's not one thing, it's another. Also, Stith is here now. I wonder if they were desperately trying to get this under an hour and 40 minutes. Why disarm it? Just blow it up.
Oh, clever Pokeball. My brother and I always flipped out because we were like, Pokeball! Son of a bitch. I mean, he can build a ship in a few minutes, so... <laughs> Ever being honest. Kale's a freaking miracle worker in that case. <clears throat> I do like how the Titan is like a life-giving ship, and they were like, Oh, well, we don't need guns. Yeah, this is one of those films that a lot of people are horrible shots for the sake of the film. Game over. Score. Goon! What up? Who's your daddy? There's a lot of dad uh, imagery in this film. What are the odds? There's a lot of people who do a lot of things real quickly in this movie. It's a good thing he's a horrible shot in the other direction. Damn! Now he shoots perfect. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of contrivance in this movie. Whatever. <laughs> Let me have my kid movie. <laughs> Goon, just lay a, a nuclear missile on the ship. I'm sure you've got one on that Valkyrie thing. Oh, look, they have call signs, too. Even though they're dredge.
No! Corso, no! Oh shit. Goon! Ouch. Ooh, damn, that was fast. Tense, tense music. Man, he stuffed that thing on that time. Lock it in, lock it in. I like how precise they are. They've got precision beams for everything. Okay, jumped over the camera. I don't know much about technology, much less futuristic technology. I'm not certain how much Corsos plan would actually be feasible. Oh, remember when I mentioned that they make the technology very easily, like, digestible? Here's another case of that. <laughs> like, they don't have to explain any of this, but you know... Oh, look! The Titan's winning. But I bet you weren't expecting this! It's like Mass Effect 3. Space magic. Whee! I guess this is a pretty empty piece of space real estate. Time to make a planet! Oh, I thought the Titan had to be there. I thought, like, the Titan was an integral part of this, but I guess it just jumpstarts the process. What? You know what? It's my space fantasy, science fantasy movie. Don't, don't even. Just enjoy it. It's fun. Yay! Yeah, we got atmosphere, boys! Thank you, Steve Jobs. No, I don't know what that means. 16 years after Earth. Now you guys can have babies and populate this baby. Baby. We got clouds. We got a sun somehow? How'd we get a sun? You don't like Bob. Okay, it's saying a lot that that's probably the worst joke of the movie, and it's not even a, 
like horrible joke. It's like a good kid joke, but it's not it's not terribly horrible now. You could be the queen of Bob. <laughs> well, why did Stith go back there and they stuck on the Titan? How did they even get off the Titan? Where are they? It's like Prince of Egypt. That's a horrible texture for the cliffside. Oh, that looks awful. Oh, God, no. Make it go away in the clouds, please! Maybe it's a good thing they didn't stay on planet Earth for long. It looks awful. And now comes the hard part, dividing everything into cultural and ethnic boundaries. Look, they got here real damn quick. Hey, we know them. <clears throat> then Tempany Planet Bob. <laughs> I love this song too. Uh all right. So that was Titan AE, boys and girls. Uh not nearly as like fantastic as I thought it was as a kid, but it's still a good movie. I think my biggest issue with it was probably the time scale. There is a lot of moments in this movie where like things uh, things are happening in a giant span of time, but they really happen real quick. Like they just created the planet and everybody's there immediately. Uh, they're building a ship and like it takes weeks, if not months, to do that. And they did it in like five hours. So I don't know. Oh, look, they show you the species names a Cranian, Sogowan, Kangaroo Bird. Alex D. Oh, Ron Perlman. How about that? Yeah, there's the cook. And that was it. <clears throat> yeah, Sai Chin. They got a, a culturally appropriate actor to voice her. Why didn't they do that for Akima? I'm guessing it's because Drew Barrymore gave them more star power. But, I mean, it's it's so easy... If you have an Asian character, hire an Asian actor. Come on now. How is it not that difficult? Paul Gertz. So yeah, I love that it's a rock opera, essentially. I love the humor, the dialogue, the script is great. I love the character moments. You know, it's not just a mindless space adventure. I mean, it is, but you like the characters and it's fun. Uh, this is Bliss 66. What are they up to? Uh, oh, yeah, they're gone. <laughs> 97 to 2003. 
do they mention anything about this movie? Oh, they toured with Smash Mouth. Yeah, they oversaw the soundtrack. Yeah, used in the film Titan A.E. Dude, that was like right after they signed with Capitol Records. <laughs> they probably were like, oh my god, the whole world is our oyster. We're going to make it big. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> they were only around for three more years. Poor, poor band. Hey, Bob Cook. Bob! I wonder if they were on the VH1's artists you gotta know. Not quite paradise. Not quite paradise. Alright, that'll be it for this uh, episode. Thank you guys for watching and for sharing uh, little childhood uh, excitement with me for an hour and a half. I very much enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. Oh, uh, this is another great song. Uh, this is... Oh, this is uh, Texas Like Lovers holding on. That, that was playing in Akima's room. Well, I guess I play it here too. Never mind then. Why was I confused earlier? I don't know. Thank you guys for watching. We're hanging out. I will see you guys. Moon Bay! Yes! <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Goodbye. Wozniak!